We're clear for takeoff. Welcome one, welcome all. Time for that Kings of the Heart, Kings of the Heart podcast. My name is Terry Gomari Walton, licensed marriage and family therapist. Right here with my boy, my partner, Dr. John Harp. Dr. Harp, what's Hello. going on, brother? Man, good to see you, man. I'm so blessed to be in this space again. Uh, I was I was so happy and proud uh hear how amazing last week's episode was yeah. you know uh, Cypher 2 you know I know I wasn't there well but, Cypher you know, 3 because we had we had um, Anisha there you know we had Anisha Facade as well as um, Winnie Cullen so we had the whole man. we had a whole crew we had the family man, man. the family man Look at that! Look at that! Now that's definitely Kings of the Heart family, man. Yeah. That's that's so dope, uh, and that's we, a great topic. I heard the topic was really great. It so was excited to be back for what we about to talk. Oh about yeah, today. for sure, for sure. So make sure you guys go back and listen to that one. It was a cycle three do. where we talked about compatibility, one of the major issues that you know you see with couples where people aren't doing the the work beforehand to make sure that you're with someone compatible. And another issue that people don't really focus on enough are expressing your needs. People do not talk about their needs enough in their relationship for a number of different reasons. And we want to talk about that today. Let's talk about that today. So, Dr. John, when you think about the expression of needs, what? how do you even define what that is? How do you even define what it means to, to have needs within your relationship? Well, I, when I think of it, I think about uh, a couple of things usually come to my mind. One, I'm thinking about my mind goes straight to attachment theory, mm. right? Like there are basic uh, human needs that we all have. Um, some of them are like biological, right? Like food and, mm. and um, you know, water and all that stuff. But what's also there in terms of needs is relationships, yeah, right. Right? right? There is also research has shown year in and year out. It's the famous uh, Harry Harlow study that, one of the biggest needs is even touch and comfort mm. and security, stability. Yeah. yeah. Like research has shown in psychology over and over again that these are needs. Now, even though we as all we as the human race probably have a lot of these needs in common, one of the things that gets tricky as and and I'm sure you would agree to as a marriage and family therapist is that. Um, the expression of those needs right. is where it can get very tricky. Yeah. Meaning there can be a couple in which both partners have a need for physical touch, but the expression of that may look different. Mm -hmm. The extent of those needs may look different. Right. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but that's where, um, you know, when you think about last week's conversation, the compatibility piece is a big part because mm -hmm. you 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 we need to be very mindful of not just what our needs are right so you can identify them yeah. right yeah. think about whatever i and, and the other part to it um not to go off on a tangent is i always tell folks that some of our needs get developed further needs get developed in nuance right. over the course of our life course right. because we've been in relationships we've been in friendships mm -hmm. we are coming and going and so by the time we become let's say teenagers young adults we've experienced enough now to have a you know fundamental sound um of what our needs are 
and I was and as I was saying, I think where conflict comes in with couples though, bro, is I think it's the expression and the management and the reciprocation of needs in the relationship. Yeah. So needs are important. I I I I'd like to believe, and this is me being an optimist, I like to believe that most people if you really ground them can probably figure out or identify what their needs are but i think that i think the problem is the expressing mm-hmm. it is the reciprocating and it's the management of the needs i think that's where we're seeing a lot of issues in relationships but i think even before that is even the identifying of the needs because yeah. what happens is when i think about needs and i describe needs and have these conversations with clients the first thing that i think about is fulfillment You know, when you're in a relationship, the idea is to have a sense of fulfillment. I mean, of course, you want to have um, other emotions that are higher up on the emotional scale. But fulfillment, I think, is kind of baseline. You know, I want to feel fulfilled in my relationship. Well, what's going to lead to you feeling fulfilled in your relationship? These needs being met. So fulfillment is a need, but that's more like the umbrella. So what are all the other needs that fall underneath that? And I find that a lot of my clients don't even have a good handle on what their needs are. You know, they can say, well, you know, and I see this a lot. Well, you know, as long as everyone else in my family is taken care of and they're feeling, you know, they're feeling good and they're doing well, that's all I need. You know, all I need is peace. All I need is peace and I need peace and quiet. You know, well, okay, that's cool. But even how do you get there? How do you even define what that peace is? And so I need respect. So it's very, you know, those very minimal needs are the ones that people often address. When you get deeper into the conversation, they begin to recognize, oh, yeah, I guess that's a need as well. Oh, yeah, that's a need as well. Oh, yeah, that's a need as well. And yeah, you start happens. to break those things down, but they don't even think about that. And what ends up happening is they feel so unfulfilled in the relationship. They have that sense of dissatisfaction in their relationship because those needs aren't being met. But the problem is you have never taken the time to identify them and then express them with your mate. So you're sitting yeah. around feeling unfulfilled in your relationship or in your marriage kind of bitter and feeling resentful towards your mate for e- expectations of needs that have not been met that you haven't expressed. So yeah. one, that's not fair. Number two, you're not even doing the work or no one even knows the work that's necessary in order for you both to feel more fulfilled in your relationship. So you have to be able to identify what those needs are, then be able to express them. But if you can't identify them, then you're not expressing them. And even even with that, you have to define what those needs are because how you look at that particular need, your mate may not. For you to say, oh, I need respect, what does that mean? So you have to be able to define the needs as well as identify them so that you can actually properly express them to your mate for them to be do some to be able to do something about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I, I totally agree. I mean, well said. I mean, it, it's in hearing what you mentioned. And adding to what I said, it's like that means that needs are an ongoing part of any kind of relationship. It's the work. Right? It's the right? work. Like it is. It is an ongoing yes. process, both individually and collectively. Yeah, right. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. It's individually and collectively. Right. And so, so even this to define what a need is, need isn't something that you can say, um, well. I'm really flexible on this. You know, you don't have to really do I this. Agree. No, it's yeah, something that is, that's essential for the health of the relationship. Again, for the health of the relationship. So right. we will talk about some of those individual needs, but recognize that this is something that has to go both ways. Now, as a person who has needs, recognize your mate has needs as well. Maybe they're not doing a good job um, identifying what they are. 
maybe they're feeling unfulfilled and feeling resentful towards you because you're not meeting the expectations that they have that they're not even articulating. So this goes both ways. So it's not just about one person not having their needs um, met. It's both people. And so you have to get on the same page and communicate what those needs are. But again, you have to identify what those needs are. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think gets people in trouble or where do you think the struggles and barriers are to even identifying one's needs? I think for a lot of people is that they have not had a, a, a history of identifying needs or even if they did, um, those needs not being met, even going back to their family of origin and yeah. not finding value in it because, hey, look, and no one can do it for me. So I have to figure out how to do it for myself. So they don't mm. place a value in exploring additional needs, almost like when we talk about emotions. We yeah. become so, so so reliant on articulating only specific emotions that we don't really investigate the emotions that we're feeling that we're not articulating. Same thing with needs. We become so reliant on looking for just some very basic needs being met and, and even hyper-focusing on some of those needs that we're not identifying or taking the time to to find and value those other yeah, needs. Yeah, that's a good know? point. You know, because I, I can't yeah. I can't tell you how many, let's say, some of the men in my um, practice who focus, get hyper focused on respect. I need respect. I need respect. OK, well, what are some other needs? I mean, if I have respect, I have everything. If I have if I have, um, you know, honesty, I have everything. Nah, you don't. You don't. You're limiting yourself. And again, even saying that you need respect, you probably aren't taking it in because you're not identifying these other needs. Other needs may actually demonstrate a level of respect that you're looking for, but because you're looking for something very specific, you're not even aware that there's other things that are coming in that show and demonstrate that respect that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, again, yeah. that's why you have to really define. Once you identify the needs, I, you need to define what those needs are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So when you, when you do actually have conversations with your clients and you do begin to recognize that needs aren't being met and people aren't articulating the needs. What are some of the more basic needs that your clients do identify readily without a lot of prompting? Validation and reassurance. So even without prompting, they, yeah. they're able to articulate that they need yeah. validation. Okay. Yeah. All right. A good, okay. Yeah. A good amount of my clients like that, that comes up often. Okay. That comes up a lot. Mm -hmm. Cause I think what's happening is, uh, Right. I, I, it, I Sometimes I think about how we get clarity around our needs or to your point, we end up figuring out that there's other needs mm -hmm. when we when we start experiencing things in the context of a relationship. Right. right. So if for some reason a person has never talked about validation yet, let's say they start dating someone who is not validating them now it becomes a prominent. Right. Because mm -hmm. like there's something happening inside them. And then they're saying like, well, I'm not, feel, you know, I'm not getting validation. I need validation. And I think you've experienced this as well. And I think what happens is, is that some people we, we've talked about this in many shows before. Some people get really stuck mm -hmm. on how things were in the past. So you mean in former relationships? Yeah, right. right, right. And so it's like they're bringing that stuff in there mm -hmm. and, and into the new ones and to your point that I agree on it's it's they've been hyper focused on like this one set of needs but what I was to my point earlier I was also saying that because we're complex beings there's other needs there right. now I was also going to say too um, right when you asked me this question that 
there's nothing wrong with also prioritizing what your needs are. Oh, I think sure. like that's yeah. very helpful. Yeah. So I yeah. just want to kind of throw that out there before I forget, you know, yeah. daddy brain be all over the place, <laughs> you know, but I just want to kind of throw it out there. The, and, and I don't know how you feel about that, but like oh, prioritizing what? one's needs. So, so I think what brother Rick was saying is like, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong if you, if there are certain needs that are very prominent and mm-hmm. important for you. What he's saying is share those, be clear about them, but you also need to keep doing work on yourself to figure out that those one or two needs don't encompass you as a person mm-hmm. and how you will function in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? right. I think that's what you were, you were trying yeah. to get at. Right. 100%. Yeah. And to yeah. go to, to your point, I agree with you totally. Just to give the listeners an idea of where this topic came from, for me, is that in the I do these barbershop talks um, on a monthly basis. And last weekend we had a barbershop talk and the topic was for black men to be able to identify and um, articulate and and advocate for their needs within their relationship and talk about the deficit that's there. And the reason why we said for black men specifically is because we recognize for a lot of black men, they're ashamed into not um acknowledging their needs you yeah. know because of yeah. this history that we have of black men maybe not being in a household over the past couple of decades that if you are there well you know you need to put the work in and, and invest all your time and energy and making sure everyone else's needs are met and neglect your own you know it's, it's almost like you shame you should be ashamed of even thinking about your needs first and it's like nah, yeah. that's not fair that's not fair to anybody yeah. You know, you need to be able to make sure that you're feeling fulfilled because what's going to happen is if you're not fulfilled, that's going to turn to other kinds of problems within the relationship. You know, and I started off by saying the phrase that I I, 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 that I don't want to say I despise, but that really bothers me the most is when people say happy wife, happy life. You know, that phrase, I think, is so damaging, but I only hear that in the black community. And it's almost like, well. You know, as long as your wife is happy as a black man, you don't need to worry about your happiness because that's going to make the, the marriage work. It's like, no, your needs are just as important as hers. And so, yeah, you need to be able to focus on helping her fulfill her needs, but you need to be able to ask for yours as well. You can't yep. neglect yourself just for the sake of everybody else. You know, that whole sacrifice thing. No, it's not, it can't be about that. You have to actually be able to articulate your needs and they need to be able to work towards yours as well. So that's where the idea came from, because that's something that I think really plagues our community. There's a sense of sacrifice that you must make in order for everyone else in your family to be fulfilled where that can't right. be the case. You, there needs to be balance, a, a sense of balance yeah. and fairness. And we talk about the fairness part and point all the time. There yeah. has to be balance within the family of whose needs are being well how everyone's needs are being met but it's important that everyone needs are being met you know yeah. so no no i think i think i think that makes sense and 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 i'm glad you like brought that up because that was the other part about the prioritization um i i mean i don't know how you would feel but i think trying to prioritize your partner's needs all the time is a very dangerous thing mm-hmm it's a very, very dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is to to Brother Reek's point about balance, you are throwing the equilibrium off in terms of what relationships, what healthy relationships look like. Right. You can't you, you know what I mean? It's 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 like, you know, it's even like that famous scene. I, I, so one of the one of the, you know, me just like loving movies, I always use a scene mm-hmm. from uh from a famous movie to talk about like needs and how off putting it can be. Okay. And um 
from coming to America, right? It's okay. like when when they bring him the bride and he's just right. like, she, right. he's like, what do you like to eat? She's like, whatever you like to eat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, what's your favorite? You know, and then everything she's just deferring to him. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to like whatever you want to like. And the, the funniest thing that Eddie Murphy says in that scene is he says, this is impossible. And I always laugh, but I think there's a lot to unpack there, mm-hmm. which is in my mind, my clinical mind goes off and says in his mind, he's like, this relationship is doomed because there's no. He, and he says, it. I know what I like and I know that you are conditioned to know what I like. But I, as a partner, if I'm going to be in this relationship, it's important that I know what you like right. so I can put in that work that Brother Rick is talking about. Right. And so I always bring it up to my clients. And, you know, most people have seen the movie, not all, but but it's, it's a good place to really show, like, when you keep prioritizing the other partner's needs, it's a, it's a turnoff. It really throws the equilibrium mm. off. And, it, and 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 you're also doing some intrapersonal damage to yourself by doing right. that. Right. So I just want to kind of throw that out there because yeah. like that was that was interesting. And when, I, when you were talking about prioritizing needs, I'm like, yeah, I see it all the time. Yeah. And, and just to add to that point, I think you were saying this too. It's not just the prioritizing of their needs; it's the prioritizing of their needs and neglecting your own. Correct. Okay. You can prioritize, Correct. and you should to a level. You should be prioritizing your mate's needs. But you also have to make sure that yours is being taken care of as well. You can't be in in a healthy relationship where it's completely unbalanced in that way, where everyone's focused on one person and the other person isn't getting what they need. So it's a matter of finding the balance. So, yeah, if you are prioritizing your mate's needs, they need to be doing the same thing for you. You It can't all be towards one direction. Right. Correct. So that's the idea. But yeah, that prioritization is important overall. No. It's, it's, just, it's just what has to happen. It's what has to happen. Right. Right. So, right. so again, so as we're kind of exploring some of the needs that we do come across, like I said, one of the things that um, I hear over and over again from my clients is I need respect. You know, I need respect. Mm. And the definition of what respect is, is often very narrow. And so if you tell me that you need respect, First of all, you know, why is that such a priority for you? What's not happening in your in relationship Correct. that need that the, the major need or the most important need for you is respect? Now, that's yeah. something to explore in itself. But then also, what does respect mean? And what I'm often hearing is, well, I need them to support what I'm doing and, um, you know, not give me so much pushback. And, you know, that's respect. I'm like, nah. Now that's control. What you're saying is that you need control in your relationship. You want more, mm. um, more ability to determine the direction of your relationship and the decisions that are made in your relationship without necessarily considering your mate. You want them just to be on board with whatever you want and to be compliant in your requests. That's a good that's, point. That's not respect. That's not respect. And the first thing that comes to mind when I think about respect is trust. You know, in order for someone to to respect you or the way that they demonstrate respect for you is through trusting that you are who you say you are, trusting that you are going to do the things that you're going to do. So my way of respecting you is by trusting that you're going to do that and not interfering in that. You know, if I'm respecting you, I'm not going to um, always interfere in a decision that we made and you're trying to execute. Yeah. All right. So I'm trusting that you're going to do this. So that's the first thing that pops in my mind when I think about respect. And the second thing, too, is boundaries. You know, boundaries are essential to respect. 
if I respect you, I'm not going to go through your phone. Um, yeah. I'm going to respect that boundary. If I respect you, I'm not going to step outside the relationship because that's a boundary that I'm, I'm crossing over. So essential to respect is really boundaries. It's not about control. It's about someone saying, hey, I see the boundary that you have and I'm or that we have that we agree to and I'm not going to cross it. You know, so yeah. so make sure that you're defining these things in a way that makes sense for what you're looking for. But when you yeah. think about respect, you know, is that is that something that you often come across, too, is that people are looking for respect and their definition of respect doesn't meet, um, you know, your own definition of it? Yeah, I mean, you, 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 there was a lot there that I was thinking about. So, like, when you were talking, one thing that came to my mind that I'm glad you raised was people sometimes in sessions um, will conflate other things and name it something else right, right. so those so so that was a really good example you gave because i've seen that too where yeah. people are like i just need respect but then when they start to break it down for you as a therapist yeah that sounds like control that's right. different right which is which is why you're getting pushback and blowback from your partner exactly and and so and so there is some psychoeducation around like really unpacking and untying some of these concepts i think there's also helping people to rewire conceptually that what you're talking about is control mm -hmm. uh, respect is you know this 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 and this so that was one of the things that came up that i do agree with and i see that in in in, in session not not a lot but it does happen quite enough where one partner is actually trying to um control mm -hmm. you know the relationship or the other partner and and when the other person bucks, they're like, they're disrespectful. And I'm yeah. like, not nah. because because I'll be honest, even I even see it when working with parents. Mm -hmm. I even see it as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. There's 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 this there's this there's this misconceptual this is a misconceptualization for parents out there. So I think especially from like previous generations where for a child to advocate for themselves, they would deem that as disrespectful. Disres exactly. When in, when in, when in right. reality, it's really not disrespect. The, the child is advocating for themselves. Right. You know, so there's nothing wrong in my mind. Like, you know, if we're like, hey, we're having, you know, salad tonight and the kid's like, yeah, I don't know if I want salad. You know, I'd, I'd love to have like ice cream for dinner. That's not really disrespect. All mm -hmm. the kid is saying is like, I'm not in the mood for salad. I prefer ice mm -hmm. cream. Now, mm -hmm. you don't have to jump, uh, jump out and flip out on the kid and then say you're being disrespectful because what you're doing now is you're confusing the child around the idea of truly what respect is right and that can also have harmful implications around them to advocate for themselves because then they are less likely to now speak up because the parents kept beating them down being like you're disrespectful so the kid's like i don't want to be disrespectful and now you have an adult who's now kind of grown up in that system and who's in relationships and they're not really speaking up going to our earlier point they're mm -hmm. not saying what their needs are right because someone told them to do that um was disrespectful so you see like there's yeah. an ongoing loop and i didn't mean to go on that tangent but no. it's another good example that i see in session often where sometimes parents are like well they were just being disrespectful and i'm like well what did what did the kid do right and they're like oh well they they just they just said like they didn't want to take a bath right now okay mm -hmm. like i don't think that was disrespect per but se why, but why is it but why is it that parents and this kind of goes back to the you know relationship thing too but why is it that parents consider that to be disrespect disrespectful? What is it that's happening in that exchange that makes it feel disrespectful to the parent? Yeah, I mean, like, and that's definitely something that we explore. Uh, and then, and then, and so, so you're right about that. We do explore that because we need to know, like, what's this? Well, like, what's the 
what's what's that CBT word? Um, what's what's the schism? That uh, uh, is like th- right. that that that's that's there because yeah. that's what they're operating from. Yeah. They're operating from the schism, right? And what the schism is is pretty much like this foundational mental, like neural network that's been created mm-hmm. from early in, in their lives to really say that this is respect, this is what it is, and that's how the person got older and they just started operating around like that's my notion of respect. Right. So when they don't see it, then they're like it's disrespectful. Um, and the other part. The other part that's connected to this and also to something that you said as well is um, I'm I'm always I don't know, like, I, I'll be honest. I think there are I think there's nothing wrong for people to be clear to your early point, to be clear about what respect means. Mm-hmm. What respect may mean to this person may be different and not but. And I do think from a human dignity standpoint, though, there are certain behaviors that we collectively have deemed as disrespect. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can't like I'll give you a good example. Like you wouldn't no one here would say that by cursing at someone like that, that that one person would say, oh, that's disrespectful. Another person would say, well, no, cursing is is not. No, we we all collectively have said that certain behaviors are very disrespectful. Right. Right. Or, or right. they symbolize what disrespect is. Right. And I, I the reason why I bring that up is because that's where sometimes I'll be honest, that's where sometimes working with couples, I've noticed that like the actual behaviors tied to their definitions of disrespect mm-hmm. is technically like all of its disrespect. Like if one partner's like, yeah, they were screaming in my face and I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, like that's very disrespectful. You, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. And, but they would say like, well, that's my definition of disrespect. And the other person's like, well, my definition of disrespect is, I don't know, like slamming the door in my face, mm-hmm. you know? I, so sometimes I'm like, what you you both are saying the same thing like right. those all fall under disrespectful behaviors right because right? because they're actually crossing an emotional boundary correct right correct and mm-hmm. that's and that was the other part that I was going to bring up that I'm glad you brought up is like needs uh, needs are so important to what brother Rick was saying because needs is what helps us figure out what our boundaries are right yes that, right that, so that right. that's me right. landing the plane yep. right yep. that's me landing the plane is right. that you know a lot of these things that we talk about in each of these episodes are so connected mm-hmm. and so the reason why brother reek was talking about boundaries in the context of a need we all need respect we're human beings mm-hmm. we need respect right but in order to be clear in the context of our relationships in order to figure out what our boundaries are to preserve respect that's what we rely on mm-hmm. we, we figure out what our needs are we build our boundaries around it we share it with people and we hope that they can execute it to make sure that we're in a healthy safe space to be around them mm-hmm. yep. because to your point a lot of them brothers are not like either they're not providing a safe space and or they're not in a safe space right. to be able to uh, uh express what their needs mm-hmm. are yeah and advocate right right and so i'm not surprised that even talking to men we've been doing this work for a long time i've talked to a lot of brothers like over the years and respect comes up all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. but i all get that time. but i get that from women too i get that yeah. and you know who i usually get that from in terms of the women i usually get that from women who are the primary breadwinner in the family mm-hmm. you yeah. know because almost like they're adopting the the male mentality who for men who have been in that position for you know centuries as well you know when you are the one who is the primary breadwinner there's a certain um, expectation of control based on the amount of income or resources you bring into the family or into the relationship. And when you aren't 
allow the space to control in the way that you deem, then that feels disrespectful. But the two things no. aren't the same. You know, they're not the same. We want to make sure that we're clarifying what respect is and that when you talk about having an equitable relationship, you can't talk about the need to control or you can't yeah. have the expectation of control right. when it comes right. to an equitable relationship. And yeah. I want to come back to that and to the equitable relationship thing as a need in a second. But the other need that I often hear, and again, this comes from men and women, but oftentimes more so for men, is peace. I just need mm. peace. I just need peace. And when you break down the definition of peace or how they see peace, it's like, well, that doesn't really sound like peace. That just sounds like, let me just give it to you. What I often hear is, well, you know, for peace for me is when, like I said earlier, peace for me is when my family has their needs met and everyone else is doing fine. That's peaceful for me. That's what peace is for me. Or this other one I get a lot. Peace is when everyone's doing well and they're leaving me to hell alone. Mm. You know, they and they have what they need. And so I can just have the space that I need to just do what I want to do. Everyone else yeah. is taken care of. So that's what peace is to me. And that doesn't seem like peace to me. You know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't see that as being peace. So, so before I get into what I'm thinking about what peace is for you, Dr. John, when someone says peace, what first comes to your mind as your own definition of what peace is within a, a healthy relationship? What comes to my mind immediately, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's safety. Mm -hmm. I think it is some definition or idea around equilibrium. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're at baseline. There's a lack of aggravating factors, stress, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then for some reason, there's also consistency. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like there's there's something about when I hear my clients say, like, I just need peace. I think they're also looking for some form of consistency because you can imagine from an abstract perspective when things aren't consistent, mm -hmm. that sometimes can be aggravating or stressful, it can, you know, and so it throws you off. So, yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I, I threw those things out because those are just some of the things that I've heard over the years when I've heard when I've asked clients, like, what does peace mean to you? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also other cliche stuff that are important too, like no stress, mm -hmm. you know, like some people think peace is like, I don't have any stress. Right. Um, and but then there's also like in the context of relationship, there's also specific behaviors. There's no no nagging, complaining. There's right. no right. You know what I mean? Like there's, me there's, I there's, there's there's yeah, like there's 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 things within the context of relationship that I think is like also there. So those are some of the things that come to my mind that not just me, but like when I've asked clients specifically, those are some of the things that have come out in mm -hmm. terms of what people are talking about in terms of peace. So I so I say that to say like I don't think. Like, I think there are some indicators that are like thematically tied to what peace is, but, mm -hmm. but I also think, and I want to be respectful to the uniqueness we all have as individuals that I do think sometimes like some people's version is different. Right. Uh, like meaning, come on, man, you've probably had clients over the years where like some people are not BSing. They literally to them, peace is just, I do just want to be left alone for like an hour. That's the, that's the main thing that I hear. <laughs> like, that's I for a lot of people. Alone. Peace really is 
just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, like, like I just want to be left alone right. for like an hour or right. like to watch the game. Right, like, like there are people who are just very specifically clear, bro. Right, but to me, when you say that, that doesn't sound like peace to me. That sounds like solitude. What you're telling me is you want to when you want to be left alone to that degree, you're saying <laughs> yeah. that I don't want anyone to be around me. So you want solitude, yeah. not peace, because yeah. you can find peace in the midst of a storm. You really can. You know, yeah. so it's not really necessarily can. being left alone. It's how you are being impacted when you are interacting with people. You know, yeah. I can a find point. a very peaceful moment with my wife when we're just talking and having a, a good time. That's that feels like peace to me. That's not that's me being by myself. That's me. That's the the connection that we're having. You know, so when you think about having peace with somebody or having peace within your relationship, that means that. There's just not a, a a a constant eruption of of fights and emotions and and um, turmoil. Yeah. When I think about peace, drama, drama, drama always comes right. Up. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a matter and like going back to like you said that consistency where yeah. there is a consistent level of Correct. of ease and comfort. Correct. Correct. Within yep. the that's interactions, it. right? Again, yeah, it's right. not solitude. It's not isolation. Right. Right, but, but, when but, we are, but that's why I said consistent. You're right. You're spot on. Yeah, right. that that ease and what was the other word you said? Comfort. Comfort. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what I meant by consistency. That's what I was. My brain was thinking yeah. about. Thank you. Yeah, and that, I think that's the thing that people are often um, conflating. You know, between yes. what it means yeah. to actually have peace and solitude. No. So, 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 let me bring this up to you, right? And I'm sure this has happened real quick, right? When you brought this up, so. Um, I'm laughing because there are folks who there may be like one disagreement out of the whole week, but mm -hmm. then when they show up in session, they're like, I haven't had peace all week. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, because to them, like that one disagreement or that one situation for some reason just threw off like their peace. Right. And, 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 and I think you're right. It's like, people need to be very clear about what we're talking about. Right. Like peace. And you bring an amazing point. Peace and solitude are different things. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing that because even that hit me and I was like, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. If, you, if you're looking to be by yourself, then then be clear that that's what you're talking about. But you're right. I also find peace when I'm around my wife mm -hmm. and, and my wife is around me like all the time. So mm -hmm. it's not about, oh, I have to be by myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, there are people who would actually find that stressful to yeah. be by themselves. Yeah. So you're absolutely right when you talk about do not conflate solitude and peace um, as a need because right. it, you may not be fully clear about how your partner or partners may be able to like fulfill that need. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's important to define what these things are because Correct. you may Correct. actually be getting that thing but because you're looking for something else, correct? You feel unfulfilled, yep. you know. And so yep. again, it's like where do you place the value in what you are receiving, you know? Right. And we're gonna we're gonna run out of time soon. So there's some other needs that um, that aren't necessarily articulated, but are kind of underlying what people are looking for, you know. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned before that equitable partnership, that's important, you know. And when I say equitable partnership, I'm not saying it from the standpoint of um, just having a, a companion, but truly a partner. And that in this relationship, no, we're not doing things equally, but whatever resources we're bringing to the table creates a feeling of equity within the yeah. relationship. 
you know. Yeah. And so we are working together with the resources that we have to benefit the relationship. And that's a need that many people have that they don't really talk about. You know, they that's don't identify point. it as such. They just know things are yeah. out of balance and they don't feel good. But what they're really looking for is that sense of equity with someone that they're actually working with to to benefit the relationship, right? It's a good point. So you have that. You know, Dr. John, you mentioned earlier, um, like affection, essentially, you know, that, yeah. that sense of touch, right? But when I, I think about affection, I think about affection differently from how I think about intimacy, which are other yeah. needs that we need. Yeah, you know, of when course. You, th- you think about of affection, course. to me, affection is um, the demonstration of care. Yeah. Right. So the five love languages. So sometimes it might be touch, might be, you know, gift given, whatever it is, but making sure that you're meeting that person's form of affection. Yeah. Right. But then you have intimacy. How do you see intimacy and affection differently? Intimacy to me is it's 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 more it's it's beyond behaviors. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of effort. It's day in and day out. It's it's intimacy is and like interrelated, uh, which is why I use the term lifestyle, because it's something that has to be present, preserved, managed, talked about, uh, expressed. And there's different kinds, right? There's emotional intimacy, there's physical yep, intimacy, right. there's there's spiritual, spiritual intimacy, right? So that's why, yeah, intellectual. That's why I said like it's a lifestyle, and that's where when we get to know ourselves, we get to talk about what these needs are and be very clear that this is how I feel intimate with my partner. Mm-hmm. Some people, and we we did a we did a series about this like last year or two years ago, where we broke down like the different uh, um, parts of intimacy or the different levels of intimacy. And we talked about like there are people who feel spiritually intimate with their partner by going to church every day or right. having Bible study. Like that's that's but but remember again, like that plays into the lifestyle, right? So right. um yeah, so so I I mean again, like when I hear affection, I I, I think in my mind, I just think strictly behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. But when I think intimacy, I'm thinking like an, an like an actual lifestyle that both partners are engaging in to meet each other's needs. Right. Meaning it goes beyond. It's, it's, a, it's a connection. It's a connection. Correct. You know, affection. and it's a commitment. And it's commitment. Oh, without a doubt, without a it's doubt. Well, well, so is yeah. so is so is the affection part. You know what Correct. you're saying because it goes back to that word you used earlier, consistency. Right. What are you doing right. consistently? And this is the actual work. You can't yeah. avoid this. This is the work. So whether it's showing affection through the actions and meeting those those love languages, intimacy is about the connection that you guys have. And what you're yeah. doing to enhance the connections. So whether it's building the emotional intimacy, whether it's engaging in intellectual intimacy and, and spiritual intimacy, that's the that's the part where you're figuring out how you guys connect best. And that kind of goes yeah. back to the compatibility piece. Right. You know, how are right. you guys actually meeting each other's um, intimate? Absolutely, needs, right? absolutely. Are you absolutely. are you are you figuring out new ways to connect and building those bonds? You know, so you want to make sure that you're doing both. That you're focusing on the affection. While also focusing on the intimacy, because those yeah. are needs that we also have. Good point. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I mean, this this is a lot of them, and we kind of broke down a few of them today. You know, but I want to hear from you, Doctor John. You know, we have to to wrap up. But what are some some highlights? What are your noble truths for this week when it comes to the needs? And I, I'm, I'm I, I, we might have to do a part two. We're gonna have to do a part two on. This. Yeah, we're gonna have to do, do a part, or part two. and a part three. But yeah. you know, what are what are some of your your noble truths for this week? Yeah, I think a couple of them. One is I loved our commentary today, our conversation around 
people being very clear about what these needs mean and what they are mm-hmm. because what may be happening in the context of relationships i think people are conflating things that mm-hmm. is probably tripping them up tripping yes. them up so yeah. so be very clear in defining for your partner or your partners like what you mean by said need right break it down to for them so i think that's one and i think another one real quick is um we need to be very mindful that there's nothing wrong with prioritizing yes. uh, your needs and yes. prioritizing your partner's needs but like brother reek said be aware of neglecting your own that's yeah. a red flag yeah Without so that. that's another note that's another noble truth for me right what about you brother and so my noble truth for this week is first recognize there are a number of needs that we know that we need but we're not identifying them very clearly and so yeah. the ones that we mentioned today we mentioned fulfillment we mentioned intimacy and affection we mentioned respect peace validation um those are some of the basic needs that that really make your relationship feel full and and healthy And so I need you guys out there and listen to me now. I need you to go out there and really sit down and and list out what your needs are. First, that's the first thing. Just identify them, then define them. Like Dr. John was saying, look, you have different definitions around what these things are. So your partner may not even be hearing exactly what you mean, even if you do state explicitly what you what you're looking for, what kind of needs you want. And then we have to get into this. Look, this is going to have to be uh, the, the, the follow up to this, because yeah. to go along with the validation, we have to have a level of emotional safety there. God, and yeah. if that safety isn't there, you're not going to feel comfortable for advocating for yourself. So you yep. may identify and define what your needs are, but you have to have the space to be able to express them. Yeah. And so that's yeah. going to be our that's going to be our second. Act I think that's the, I think that's the second one. Yeah, I definitely. Think that's the you have one. you I have agree. to have that. You have to have that emotional safety. So we will come back and talk about that um, in the next next Kings of the Heart. Yeah. But for now, one. for now, we got to wrap this one up and get on out of here so dr john (laughs) as we wrap up today where are some places that um our listeners can find out more about you yeah feel free to check us out at www.kingsoftheheart.com all right i mean always come and show some love on our page we have a lot of great updates there doing a lot of great things this year oh yeah um Clinically, you can check me out at www.rccmaryland, spell out the Maryland.com. A lot of great uh, stuff that we're doing in the community for the people. And you always um, also see what um, I'm doing in other parts of my life, such as criminal justice reform at the Bear Institute of Justice. And so pretty busy, man, but um, yes, really excited. You can definitely find me on social media, all that stuff. But definitely come check out our podcast on some of the streaming platforms out there like Spotify and all that other great stuff. Brother, where can we find you? Well, You're you another know, busy man, too. Oh, man, look, we're, we're trying to be very productive this year. We got a lot of projects that we're working on together that we're not going to talk about quite yet. No, nah, you know, nah, not nah, yet, yeah. but we, we want you guys to, to get ready for 2023 and Kings of the Heart because we got some stuff on a, a, in the stern on the pot. Um, so you can find out more about me at, of course, kingsoftheheart.com. You can always go to my therapy practice website. What is it? Insight. InsightMFT.com. <laughs> we keep on talking about intimacy. I'm like, I'm about to give the wrong word. Yeah, InsightMFT.com. That's the therapy website. Or you can just find out more about me at TariqOmariWalton.com or just find it on all the different um, uh, 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 social media sites. And also go to my, my other website, ViewsAndVibes.com. 
where you'll find out more about what I'm writing, a lot of my old shows and stuff like that. Just, we, look, we got content for days out there. You can just follow Kings of the Heart and the stuff that you'll be looking at for weeks and weeks to go. So that's where we are. But anyway, Dr. John, as always, brother, love you. Great working I with you. I love you, brother. You same know, here, look, look forward to continuing this conversation because there's a lot, a lot we got to unpack a, here, man. It's a lot there, man. But I had a great time, man. It's always great seeing you too, brother. Without I love a doubt. you tons. Without a doubt, man. Look at listeners. Hope you enjoyed this session and we'll see you for the next one. You guys take care. Peace. Peace.